What's going on, world? I'm Nick Ross, and this is Fish Tank Sessions. Fish Tank Sessions. What's up, Darius? You're here. You're freaking sitting in the fish tank with me. Good morning. Good afternoon. Oh, is it? It's 3.30. Well, I woke up like two hours ago, so it's cool. So it's still kind of morning for you. Yeah. Jet lag from Italy from five years ago. Ah. Yeah. It still kind of lingers, right? It stays oh, in yeah, the air. yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. We got Darius Mash in the house. If you guys don't know, that's also Mashbit. DJ, producer. I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of bring him into the fish tank today just so we can kind of poke apart his brain, kind of see what he's all about. So, Darius, why don't you go ahead and take the mic and share something? Let's see. If there's one thing that I want everybody to know is that if you put pineapples on pizza, I don't like you. That's my beginning statement. That's negotiable. It really depends on how you treat the pineapple pizza. Like if you throw it in the trash in front of me, I'll probably like you after that. But if you offer me a pineapple pizza, which I know people did on my shows and tried to like hide it and make sure I don't see it. I was like, no, dude, I'm born and raised in Italy. We can smell that from miles away. We are not that gullible. Ever try to put like the pineapple on the pizza and they put like the pepperoni on top, almost like it's umbrella to try to hide the pineapple? They tried. I think this was one of my friend's house just playing around a couple months ago. He put the pineapples on the dough first, then he put everything else. Like so the, the sauce. Yeah, then he put the cheese, and I was like... That's next level secrecy right there. They tried, but I was like, man, something looks odd. And I could smell the citrus in the air, so I was like, okay, someone was about to get fucking shot right now. Right. So let me see what's going on. I open, and I see there's a pineapple, and I hear everybody saying, ah, oh, he got it, he guessed it. I was like... Don't fuck with me. <laughs> I know it. I know it. I saw it. I saw it coming. What is the big problem with pineapple on pizza? Okay, so the, the idea behind the pineapple pizza hate that I have right now is one, because I'm born and raised in Italy and we don't do that dumb shit out there. And I just grew with the fact that, hey, it's, it's wrong. Kind of it's like it, it kind of became a funny thing. It's not even that super serious, but I take it to the next level and just like cussing people out just for fun. We don't do that in Italy. And when I moved here for the first time, I, I had a friend that told me, hey, we should go try this pizza. You know, I was fresh off the boat, super new. And he gets this pizza with ham and pineapple. I was like, what's what's that? Is that potatoes? He's like, no, it's pineapples. Try it. So I was like, okay. I mean, I'm curious. I just gave it a bite. And I was like, man, this does not feel right. It's too much of an explosion in my mouth right now that it's <laughs> not a good one. You got the sauce. You got the juice of the pineapple. Just yeah, a whole bunch just, of combinations. It just did not work out of my head at all. Like, I literally took a bite, and I could taste the, the pizza at first, and then this pineapple taste came out of nowhere. I was like, man, you just washed my whole mouth from the pizza. Like, I, I cannot taste the pizza anymore because it's pretty acidic and citrus. Is it citrusy? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, it's more acidic, I would say. Absolutely. So, that one hit. And I was like, wow, no, we're not doing that ever again. So it grew from that. And then when I realized that more and more people actually are a fan of a pineapple and pizza, I took advantage of that. I was like, okay, you know what? We're about to start World War III. I'm all about it. We're ready. <laughs> we are ready. We're going to do it. And it's all jokes at the end of the day. But So if somebody were to go to Italy, could they buy a pizza with pineapple on it? And would they be judged if they did so? If you go to Italy and order a pineapple and pizza... You got to run right after. You got to run right after. Like, not even jokes aside, we do not like that. And more and more people being aware of the fact, because a lot of people don't know that we do it, that, that they do it here. I didn't even know, like, it was that big of a deal, even if you were in Italy. I thought pineapple on pizza was kind of weird in the beginning, and then it became kind of a norm. But it's not, you're saying. No, we don't have that. The only fruit we put in a pizza is tomatoes. 
which I guess it's a fruit. More like vegetables. I, I don't know if a zucchini is a fruit. Is that a vegetable? No, that's definitely a vegetable. That's a vegetable. A tomato, I think, is classified as a fruit, though. Yeah, that's so you're what, right. That, that's but a zucchini is definitely not a fruit. Well, it had seeds in it, so I don't know, really. <laughs> I don't know, because someone told me if something has seeds in it, that's a fruit. But a banana doesn't have seeds. Um, It does, actually. Oh, it does? It's got like little... You can't really... Like, they're not crunchy, but if you slice a banana... Mm-hmm. You can see like little tiny seeds like in the center. Uh, oh, you are right. Yes. Unless I just made that up, but I'm almost no, positive there's like little right. seeds in the core of that banana. What if yeah, someone put look- bananas on pizza? Oh, we're fighting. We have we having a problem. I have a couple people in my um, in my Facebook group called Pizza Squad. They post pictures of uh, you know memes and pizza and stuff like that. I had someone put a pizza with bananas on it, uh-huh. and the caption was like, forget pineapple and pizza and the one without it. Just let's get together and fight this people right here. <laughs> so I was like, man, look, I'm about it because we like pineapple is already a bad thing. If you put a banana, like I love bananas without the pizza, but if you put them in there, I was like, you're just messing everything up. So we are going to fight. Yeah, I-, I think I would probably be in that same boxing room with you if I saw bananas on a pizza. Because, I mean, you don't have – it. just now it just adds more mush to it. So it's almost – that does not belong. It just doesn't taste right. Like, one is crunchy, and the, the tomato sauce is a little more savory, I would say, and the cheese as well. But then you put a sweet banana on it. I'm like, no, we are messing something up. We we got lost. And, bro, I, I've seen everything. I've seen people putting – I've seen a picture of people putting uh, kiwis on a pizza. Uh-huh. I think I saw that, yeah, that picture that, on your page. I hated that. and. During Halloween, they had a pizza with candy corn on it. Oh, my God. I was like, man, you guys are taking an extra level. But the worst one that I've ever seen was this one. Uh, I think it was on Twitter or something. They took the pizza and they dipped it in milk. Wait, like a slice of pizza. They a folded it up, dipped yeah. it in milk? Dipped it in milk. In a glass of milk. Okay. Then and what I happened? Was, then they, they took a bite? Well, I mean, it was just a picture saying that, hey, let me get you guys on something really good. And they just dipped a pizza on the milk. Oh, my god! And everybody in the thread was like, oh, my God, are you like Satan? Or what are you like? <laughs> you are not part of this country or this world. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I got to say, if there was any type of judgment required, it would be for someone dipping a pizza into milk. I'm about it. So it's funny you were talking about Pizza Squad. I was a part of that group now for a couple of months. And it wasn't until... You and I met, then I realized, oh, that's your page. Yep. I did not know. So it's, <laughs> and then actually getting to see, meet you last Saturday at Green Elephant, seeing how Pizza Boy kind of all come into life. I was like, oh, so now that page makes so much more sense. When did you start that page, Pizza Squad? I think I started that around October before Freaky Deaky because the Pizza Squad thing, the Pizza Boy thing actually became way, way bigger the more I was approaching the, uh, you know, the Freaky Deaky date. And I just took it to a next level, try to, you know, make it more of a brand than just like a saying like that. So I saw a lot of people like producers out there make a fan page and they don't never call it like producer name fan page or stuff like that. Usually they do, but they have something or a theme that somehow resembles them, which is makes sense. Yeah. Aliens or subtronics as Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. And, you know, just just going Dirt on Monkey like has like the banana bunch. Exactly. Exactly. So they all, they all have their own theme. And I didn't feel like calling it Mashbit fan page because, you know, that would have probably grown way slower because it'd be like, it's just all about Mashbit. So we have to do that. This is all about him, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I want to join. So I decided to go around it be like, okay, we're going to make a group about pizza, post your pizza pictures, pizza memes and all that stuff. And it just started growing from that. And now it's kind of a fun little community, you know? 
Yeah, it almost became like a, almost like a sub brand for Mashpit. That's yeah, that's pretty much the brand, the sub brand for what I do. Mash with the pizza boy, and I just go with that. And you know, everybody knows how obsessed I am with pizza, and it's a fun little image. You know, I like it. My dad is not that much into it because, like, okay, one day you have to stop talking about pizza. I was like, hey, as long as people want to keep listening about pizza, I'm gonna keep talking about pizza. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I will keep talking about it. I'll keep praising it. I'll keep fighting people about pineapples on pizza. Boom. And, you know, and it, it's part of the image. It has to be done like that. And, you know, I'm releasing merch about pizza. Like, we have a couple of designs lined up and stuff like that. So, we're, we're taking it seriously. It's going to be fun. What kind of merch do you have in the pipeline? So, we're planning shirts, of course, because they're, they're the easiest thing to actually obtain, if you can call it that way. Makes sense. Um, so, we have a couple of designs for those. We're trying to get some hoodies as well and beanies because those are really easy to get as well. Hats. And I think that's about it for now. It's a good start. You know, all yeah. the all the essentials. Exactly. And, you know, besides that, we have bracelets, we have stickers. And then the more we go forward, we can definitely think about, you know, jerseys or prop tops and stuff like that. When do you think you're going to kind of get to the official release of some of that merch? Is that going to be something we can look forward to this year or, or maybe later on down the road? Uh, it's definitely going to be this year. You know, definitely. We're talking probably, I'm not sure yet, you know, because we're still looking at a lot of different options just to make sure we have the perfect price for everybody. Because I don't want to charge someone a shirt for like $200 just because it's nice and good done and everything. So we want to find a really good price point where people can afford it. And at the same time, you know, they can support the brand. Sure. That's definitely something that's going to happen this year. That's for sure. Probably in a matter of months. You hear that really? thunder? Was that a thunder? That's thunder. I thought it was an airplane. No, that's definitely thunder. Because I was—I remember looking through the window here just shortly, and I saw mm -hmm. a lightning strike. And I was like, oh, is it really about the storm? And it is. Again. Damn. That was not a plane. Such a good weather this morning, too. I know. Well, even like last night. I was So I was up late with, hanging out with a friend, and the weather was supposed to like pour down rain at 2 o'clock in the morning. And then it like balled down raining at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Welcome to Texas. You never know what's going to go on here. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about kind of your, your DJ and producing side, because I see you kind of heavily involved with that scene. You're going to shows, you're, you're performing at shows. Kind of tell us a little bit about your back history with kind of maybe some events that you've played for in the past or maybe mm -hmm. something you have upcoming too in the near future. You know, I started producing back in 2011, 2012. I was like 12 or 13 at the time. I was just a little kid with a crappy laptop and you know i found out about this program i was like man it looks pretty cool you know before that it was mostly like my sister showed me videos of people at tomorrowland the big big festival i was like man I, i'm wondering how does it feel to be there in front of almost two hundred thousand people like that has to be a, one of the greatest feelings ever because you'd be like i'm accomplished from that day till now still my goal is to play at tomorrowland just in front of all those people it's been my goal since then and you know i started trial and error every day just, you know, open the program, press a new button, mess something up, close it the next day angry and just keep going like that till you learn something new. And uh, it took a while. You know, I would say from 2011 to 2016, in that five year range, I've made, you know, uh, the most learning, but it was probably the most frustrating one as well. Because, you know, f for the longest time, I could not have something that sounded good. And I was aware of it, you know, like, I take a project and maybe while I'm making it, I'll be like, hey, I like it. It sounds good. Then I put it next to another one. Be like, yeah, it's it's not there yet. So always angry. But then at some point, like around 2016, I started making stuff that actually made more sense. You know, I had more uh, feeling. I could actually describe something through the songs. And uh, then from that, I just push it even more to get to a point where I can actually talk through my music instead of really just make music. Right. You know, so um, that's what it's been since then. 
you know, I had different, uh, I had a different name before, actually, uh, before Mashbit. And I'm not going to say what name was it because there's music out with that name. And I do not want to hear anything about those songs. Those are so bad. Like, they were literally 2014 songs failed big but you room. probably had to kind of go through those stages first to kind of go through those trials and errors find out the errors learn from those mistakes and then you've kind of turned that into something we turn into a whole story yeah yeah it had to be done uh you know we i made mistakes out there because i was a kid i didn't know anything about the industry so i mistakes were to be done in the first place it's just they can just stay where they are though we don't, <laughs> we, don't we don't need them to come back out we are good we're gucci we don't need anything of those songs to come out because, I mean, it would just be funny. I'm, I'm not even that pissed. I'm pretty sure some already found him. Hey, well, at least you still have him out there. I mean, I'm sure if people wanted to search hard enough, they probably could find it. It's good to know that there's yeah. almost like some secret produced music by you out there lingering that nobody else knows about. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad they don't. But, hey, they'll, they'll find out eventually, and it might, you know, get some sort of virality going around. Be like, hey, look, this is when he started. I'm like, yeah. That's where I started. And everybody came from now. somewhere. Exactly. You know, like going from a song that has three sounds and just, you know, a dumb pattern that will never be catchy enough to something that it's a little, you know, at least better. So it, it's always a good thing to see where you start and where you get. But for me, nobody else needs to. Hey, <laughs> everybody's got their own way. Everybody's doing things their own style. And you know what? If you've got something out there that you worked on that you're not too proud of right now, it doesn't matter because that taught you to be where you are today. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a life's a life's lesson that everybody goes through at some point. Because mm-hmm. um, I've talked to some other people that were in that they used to produce music, and they've kind of said similar things. Where oh man, the stuff I made when I was a teenager, whoo, it's garbage. I probably should have just kept it on private, but I made it public, and now I don't want to switch it back. So what of uh what events have you played in the past? Let's just say maybe in the last year. So since the Mashbit project started, which is oh I saw the lightning strike right now. I just saw I, it. Right okay. there's that wow. thunder coming back. Oh yeah, it's wow. gonna be a stormy recording. Oh yeah. It's it's all I'm about it. So um, the Mashbit project started in twenty at the end of twenty seventeen. Okay. So um, since then I have I played at one city music festival. That was the first one I ever played at from uh, uh, EDM DFW. So that's the first one I've ever played, and that was my first time ever on CDJs as well. So I was super stressed. I didn't sleep that night because I was trying to figure out how to use them. I really I literally started reading the manual because I don't, I feel like I could not get enough information from YouTube videos and stuff like that. So that was my first festival around uh, the end of 2018. So that was when Mashbit started a year, something like that. And that's when I started getting to the EDM scene completely. Because before that, I was more confused. Mashbit started as a you know, making beats and try to, you know, reach out to rappers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's when it started, but it just did not feel right. You know, I was like, man, I don't, I don't like making beats like this. And I, I want to tour. I want to get out. I don't want to stay home just making beats for someone that for somebody else is going to go play them on another stage. Exactly. And, um, and, and I mean, that's not a bad thing necessarily. Like I would hope they would go and play on the stage and stuff like that. Cause it's nice. You know, it's nice to see a beat that you made going somewhere like that. But most of the time, I had people over recording, and it was just stuff that I did not want to, like, I wouldn't say associate with, but something like that. Because, you know, it's, it's it wasn't who I was. Sure. It was who they were, and they liked that image. I didn't. You know, and, and I had a couple people try to release music, and I said, just don't worry about the credit. Just just go ahead and beat. use it. I don't want it. Yeah, I don't want my name attached to that. Yeah, exactly. Because then, you know, the, the more you go forward, still, your name is still there. So if someone actually wants to go deep and look for another song, and be like, oh, he made this? That's weird. Okay, whatever. So that's what that's where Mashbit started. And then I started shifting into EDM side. And after one city, 
music festival I played in uh, in South Texas in 2019. Last, like actually last year, February, I played my first headlining show down there. Pretty good turnout, you know, uh, had some fun. It was my first time traveling, you know, to DJ somewhere. And, you know, the border has some great food. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that part of it. I, I came home like three pounds fatter. After that, I took a, a little break because I was going through, you know, I was finishing up college and I was graduating. So I had to study a little more and I had to really go deep into getting all my credits. So I was like out from 6 a.m. in the morning to get to school and coming back at 6 p.m. So I was always super, super exhausted and I could never get the chance to actually sit down and make something. So those three months were really slow. Then after I graduated, I started going out more and hanging out more in those zones. And um, one of the ones definitely opened X from hand promotion, that's when actually I would say start picking up because before that people did not know what I did, what music I did. Cause you were I, still kind of like in that transitional phase from that one point when you were talking about when you were selling beats and then when you first kind of got into that EDM world, you're like, no, 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 I'm not gonna sell my beats or make my beats for somebody else. I'm gonna do it for me and I'm gonna play my own music on stage. Exactly. And that's exactly how it went forward. You know, like um, the first time that I showed up to the open decks, I wasn't even expecting to be selected. I think it was more entries than slots available. So I was like, OK, you know what? There's 50, 60 of us in here and there's only 35 slots available. So if it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, hey, I'm, I'm meeting some people anyways. Absolutely. And they ended up calling my name and I was like, oh, man, that's really, really cool. What do I do now? And I had another gig that night because um, like open format gig. So I had to do it early. I had to be one of the first ones playing. And I took the earliest slot. I just started playing some music. And then they told me that it was a 20 minute set. And I thought it was like five or 10. So I didn't have enough music. I was like, OK, oh, gosh. Well, I just had like a couple originals. You know, uh, I played an all original set. And it was when the sound, the mash bit sound was still shaping. So it wasn't all the way there, all perfect. But so, a good way for you to kind of get your music out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, to get him familiar with the introduction of the Mashbit sound, if we can call it that way. And I remember, like, when I was DJing over there, it's the, the CDJs were still pretty new to me. You know, I played them two times before that moment. So I, I approached her over there, and Zinia still makes fun of me. She was like, because you approached it, like, super shy and didn't know what to do. I thought you didn't know, you know, you were scared and everything. And then I plug it in and I start playing and, you know, doing no perform my gigs for a couple of years, I scratch a lot. And apparently that was a part where people started getting impressed. They were like, wow, do you scratch? Like, when did you learn that and how can you integrate it? I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. People are impressed by that. Yeah, well, stuff. it's not something that you see regularly, especially now and even in the EDM world, you don't mm -hmm. just see scratchers just going up there and playing. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's why I... I kind of kept going with it because I like scratching. You know, it's fun. You know, pressing play and then fixing like that, it's fun and everything. But I find myself sometimes just being there, hanging out, not doing anything. So I like to just grab in and play around a little bit. And now I really put that into my sets. Like, I want some specific songs that I have ready for my sets. They have a pretty long ending, so I can have some sort of scratching going on just to give a little bit of an extra taste of the show. And it's different. I think people kind of recognize different when you're doing something that's kind of maybe out of the ordinary that when they're seeing from other people that are performing. And then when you go up there and start doing that scratching, it's just like, oh, this is different. Yeah, and that's what, that's what I like. I mean, I'm not the only one that does scratching in the in their sets. You know, Zeke Beats does it. Uh, Shiba-san does it as well. So I've seen scratching before, but it's still not the majority of the people that does it. So, which is why I kind of took that way. It was like, it's kind of describes me. I like doing that. So might as well just 
you know, keep it going and keep it like a regular routine. It ends up being really fun. So yeah, going back to the question. Well, some, something else that you do that I that I think is really cool, because I, when I got to watch you play on Saturday, you know, you're not just kind of up there playing, you know, messing with the controls. You're really, you know, you're on the mic, you're pumping up the crowd, you're making it fun. And that's what I enjoyed so much about watching you play. It was just, Thank it you. wasn't just your music, it was also your persona that came mm-hmm. with the music where I was like, man, this guy's pumping everybody up. He's making sure mm-hmm. everybody has a good time. And it was just overall, a fun set to watch thank you thank you it means a lot thank you so much and it, you know it, it wasn't always like that uh, when i started djing i was a shy guy you know i used to have a hat and actually it was funny it was a gucci hat oh just you know, to Ooh. make it super italian of course okay, makes like sense that. and that used to be my uh my theme you know the italian dj just were just dressing like an italian dude pretty much and i used to put it over there and i was super shy i didn't want to look at anybody and i had a hard time actually trying to accept that a song maybe wasn't doing that good to that crowd so I grew into accepting the fact that, hey, I'm in control of this right now. If there's something I need to do to get him going a little harder, I will do it. So that's why I started picking up the microphone a little more. You know, it started from how you guys doing tonight to everybody put your hands up or if you like pineapples and pizza, get out of here. You know, it (laughs) kind of became a personality because I'm not a shy person. You know, as much as I wanted to show myself like a pretty private professional, quote unquote, person, that's not who I was. I had to bring some personality in and let people know that, hey, it's fun out here. So I don't I don't want to be the super quiet DJ doesn't do anything not like doesn't do anything but like you know who's not really interacting private. with the yeah, crowd exactly exactly and that that just wasn't my persona I decided to like take over to that I kind of get upset when there's no microphone actually it's not that it's su- like a, the most important part of my thing but you know it feels good when you say hey everybody jump or you know if you're having a good time put well, your hands put up. your hands together exactly. or something because it's yeah. some sort of uh you know question to get some feedback from and if you don't have the microphone it's all the music which is still good because if you have a good set it's still going to work regardless but it's a little more difficult to actually bring your personality out just through the music if you're like an outgoing person who don't have a microphone to speak to i can i can relate with that it's got to also be contagious because you know when you do start saying you know you know, put your hands up or start clapping then you start seeing five or six people do it the next thing you know more people start joining in oh yeah and it's almost one of those things where once you say it a few people start doing it then it almost just kind of goes through the entire crowd and then it's got to be pretty cool on your side when you're getting ready to play that drop or that next part of your transition and then you see everyone's hands up and it's like wow everyone's actually getting down and they're all with me yeah, they're connected it, it builds tension you know it builds tension around the room and it kind of grabs everybody's attention because if you think about it, if you start playing at the beginning when people are starting to walk in and just grabbing a drink uh if you're an opener and you're supposed to do that, that's perfectly fine. You're doing the job great. But if you, if around the prime time that you're playing, people are not reacting as much, know that you need to step your game up somehow. And usually I use the microphone to do that. You know, uh, I, I used to have the really bad adrenaline going. I was like, oh my God, what if I, because I didn't like hearing my voice. I was like, man, I hate it. I don't want to hear it. Then I don't know where this one gig that I had, boom. I didn't, I completely forgot about it. I just started screaming and people were like, oh my God, this is awesome. What the hell? <laughs> so I was like, man, this is awesome. What the hell is going on? Like everybody's actually interacting with me. And that's when I realized that, hey, I would be missing out if I didn't use the microphone. People wouldn't know my personality as much. They would have to, you know, follow me or talk to me directly. Now, just by using the microphone, people know that I'm not a super shy person that, you know, you can talk to me and we'll make pineapple pizza jokes. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's all that. And didn't somebody, that. didn't somebody bring you a pizza on stage too on Saturday? They did. They did. It was uh, Michael from Ham Promotion and it was one of my buddies, little sister, Grouch. 
So uh, they brought me a pizza. It was a pretty good pizza, you know. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Didn't have pineapples on it. So I was. I checked. I'll make sure. Hey, look, it's some pineapples. Okay, no pineapples. We're and, in the clear. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, it's something that I really want to keep doing. You know, bring the pizza on stage because still, you know, as much as I wear something that has a pizza on or I have visuals of pizza. It's kind of fun if I take a pizza and I just put it in my mouth and I just start DJing like that. It's all part of the show. It's and, part of and the And it theme. just works with it. Now, it'd be different if you're up there eating a bowl of cereal because it has nothing to do with your brand. But just it bringing doesn't. that pizza out, it just goes, that's who you are. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Exactly. And, you know, I'm trying to escalate that to a point where I can literally start taking a pizza slice and throw it at people. The way, <laughs> the way Steve Aoki grabs the cake. But I have some, you know, encounters where it was not too appropriate to do that. You know, whatever the location had to clean it or uh, they were worried the pizza was too hot and hurt someone. So I try my best to be like, hey, the pizza is going to be cold. It's not going to be too messy if people grab it. And I know people are going to, you know, it's pizza. It's delicious. Everybody's hungry. So of course. might as well just take it. But that's definitely a future plan going on. We're bringing pizza on stage and we're throwing it at people. That's definitely one of the biggest show goals that I want to actually get to go this year because Steve Aoki does it and people sometimes just, it became a full theme that, hey, I'm your target. Cake me at your shows kind of right. stuff. So roughly the same thing with pizza, except that, you know, I'll, I'll throw one slice at a time so they can actually enjoy it. Right. Well, even if it's cold, I think that kind of takes away all those other algorithms because no yeah. different to like like watching champagne poppers just bust those bottles of champagne exactly. on stage. I mean, hey, I mean, that could get in someone's eye. It can burn. I mean, there's there's algorithms with just about anything that you're going to mm-hmm. throw off stage. So I think if it's cold, you really don't have any risk. What's going to happen? You're yeah, going to hit someone in the like face. just like going I mean, around it. And just it's just the, the problem is the cleanup afterwards. I was like, don't even worry about the cleanup. People are going to grab it in the air and just like bite on it. I, prom- <laughs> I promise you, you're not going to see anything. It's still in the works, but... We'll, we'll get there. That should be pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I'm excited about that, too. I got a question for you. You know, since, you know, you're Italian, mm-hmm. you're a DJ. What are your thoughts about Pauly D? DJ Pauly D. I personally never really got too deep into hearing what he does and, and stuff like that. Like, it's definitely a good image that he built for himself, you know? Starting from Jersey Shore. Oh, yeah. He used that platform to, like, actually take over to DJing, you know? So I really respect that part. If you ask me musically or how he DJs, I wouldn't know because I never heard him. And uh, to be but, honest, I, I don't even think I've listened to him play either. I know he's come through to Dallas several yeah. times and mm-hmm. played at Stereo Live. Stereo Live, and he's also come to this um, other place over in the colony. I can't think of what it's called. Lava Cantina? Lava Cantina, correct. Mm-hmm. He's been there a few times, and I've been always wanting to watch him play. But, you know, since he's Italian, he's a DJ, you think he eats pineapple pizza? Well, he got to choose. He is either Italian or he eats pineapple pizza. You <laughs> cannot you be can't both. You can't be both. doesn't no, work. You cannot be both. I think he's like... a. New Jersey Italian, right? Yes. Well, I think I think he also says like I think it's his grandparents that are actually from Italy. Oh yeah. Well, that's like everybody here. Everybody likes to say, "Hey, I'm Italian too," and I'm, then I'd be like, "All right, speak Italian with me." I'd be like, "Oh no, I can't," because you know my grandparents are from Italy. I, I was born and raised here, so I was like, "So why you lie to me?" Not authentic. Not authentic. This is just no. So you're just half Italian. I'd be like, yeah, I guess you can say that. Do you like pineapples on pizza? Yeah, I do. No, you're not Italian at all. <laughs> you're, you're like zero percent Italian automatically cancels out Doesn't exactly work. don't talk to me no, i'm just kidding so you also played at freaky deaky uh, this yeah. past year in 2019 yes. right mm-hmm. what was that like that was incredible the, the reason i won the freaky deaky contest the freaky deaky slot was through the freaky deaky dj contest you know i submitted a mix and i uh, started promoting it asking people to vote and stuff like that and um, at some point I, I realized that i took too many people on my uh, facebook like i was getting facebook jail all the time for how many messages i was sending i decided hey if i keep doing this i'm not gonna grow too much and go to the top three or you know get visible like that so uh, me and my manager decided that it was a great idea to you know start meeting random people outside you know just walk on busy places and hand your flyer be like hey 
uh, I'm doing this contest. If I win, I perform for this amount of people. It would be awesome if you could help me out. And it went forward like that. And the day that I found out, I actually have the video of the moment that I found out. It's on my Instagram. And man, it's it, it's amazing. I, I could not believe that, uh, you know, the moment I received that email. Just everything about that Freaky Deaky experience was incredible. It just felt so, I would say new, really, because I really didn't do nothing that big till that moment. So seeing artists like that I look up to just chilling backstage and I'm literally there like shaking their hands and talking to them I was like man this is what what's going on this is incredible had to be just like a surreal moment for exactly. you exactly like it was something that i did not uh, like I, I could not accept for the longest time i was like man this is incredible i cannot believe it it still feels like a dream you know just walking backstage and seeing steve aoki just chilling or dioro just chilling on the other side and uh, martin garrix at the end just pulling up with his big suv <laughs> so i was like man this is what the what the hell is going on like this is awesome and then just the, the playing part. What was that like in that moment? Because when you walk on one of those stages at Freaky Deaky, I mean, you've got you've got a big crowd in front of you. So kind yeah. of, what was that feeling like? That was amazing. That was definitely one of the best feelings and the, the most rewarding experience, really. Just the, just the beginning of everything. It just told me that, hey, this is the confirmation that you know you want to do this. You know, you want your you want the rest of your life to be about music and you don't want to do a nine to five job kind of thing. So right. you, you know for a fact that this is what you want to do and this is the proof. Because as soon as I got out of that stage, uh, I didn't know my set. I was like, man, it just went by like that. It's, it's what? When's the next one? I, I want to do it again. Like, I, I want to do it over and over. And this is, this was too rewarding, you know, playing my own music and seeing people headbang to it and, you know, people react to my songs and all that. So I was like, man, this is awesome. Were you heavy on the mics during that set? Did they have a mic for you? Yes, they did. Yeah, I was pretty heavy. Okay. I, I used the mic quite a bit. Uh, I kind of screamed, and the next day I didn't have a voice, <laughs> which would technically make sense. So I was okay with that. Uh, I kind of lost my voice the next day, but it, it was all worth it. When you uh, when you submitted your mix mm -hmm. um, to Freaky Deaky, did you use a combination of your own music with some existing music, or did you just use uh, just mix all other artists' music? Kind of how did that look like? So the mix that I had for Freaky Deaky, I recorded that at, like when I woke up at eight a.m. one day. I was like, okay, you know what? If I don't do it now, I'll never do it again. So uh, it was a bunch of edits that I've made, you know, from familiar songs like, you know, Kendrick Lamar or uh, Baby or, you know, songs that everybody's familiar with and then taken with another drop and just go ahead like that and uh, back and forth. So I think I mixed like roughly 35, 40 songs in 20 minutes. Wow. Which is, it, it was it was really, you know, it was really fun because I still listen to it sometimes these days. And still like, impressed man. by it? Yeah, because I was like, man, this actually turned out pretty good. You know, it was, it's, it's fun and people that listen to it be like, man, I want to stop sometimes listening to it, but I just want to find out what the next drop is. And it just goes forward till the thing is over. Unfortunately, I did not put any of my songs in there because at the time I was just, you know, thinking about doing this whole mix and making sure I can actually, you know, everybody that could listen to it be like, oh, yeah, this is really, really cool. And then not make it too awkward when I get to a point be like, okay, this song is is okay. And watch that be my song. So I, I decided to just leave that super clean for 20 minutes and then, uh, you know, work harder to actually have really good songs ready for the actual set because that would have been way better. And at the time, you know, at the Freaky Deaky time, I didn't have any song released. I released my first song actually a week before Freaky Deaky in case someone wanted to like look me up. Be like, right. Hey, then you, then they at least had content. So that once they checked you out, it's like, oh, who's this Mash Pit guy? I got to check him out. Exactly. And that's that's the reason why I released that one song. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty nice song. It's not too bad. I'm, I sampled my GPS in the car. And I started doing that. It was just for a funny video, but I was like, hey, might as well just finish the whole song. Like, yeah. it's, it's fun. Let's do it. So that was my first release. And then after Freaky Deaky, I was like, okay, I got to get to a release routine right now. I need to have some songs out because as much as 
you know, there's contests here and there, whatever you want to call it, you're doing music and you have to do some music to get right. that out. Is this sun? Oh, no. Sun's coming out. Oh, yeah, that's Texas. I don't know what's happening out there. I think I saw that you released a, a new track recently. I so have, yeah. How many songs do you have released to date right now? One, two, three, four. The four EDM songs that I have released so far. Do you have a favorite out of those four? Probably the last one. What's the last one called if people want to listen to it? Uh, it's called Sleepwalking. I released that January 20th, I think. I think I love that song the most because I made that at 4 a.m., you know, I, I, I couldn't sleep just the whole night. I woke up. I said, okay, there's no better time for me right now just to go and do something, you know. So I went to the other room where all my equipment is. I turned it on, put my headphones on, and I started coming up with the melody. And I was like, man, this this sounds pretty dope. So let me keep going on that. And I think I started from 4 a.m. and I went back to sleep at 7. And, you know, I didn't have too much done of this song, but at least the structure where where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do with the song. Almost had like a little mini foundation. And also what I hear is some of the best ideas kind of come between like that 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. nights where you can't sleep or you're staying up and you're just too wired in to want to do something for you. And then you get super creative because you're in that moment. Okay, there's nothing else going on. I have no other distraction. Let's get down and figure out what we can create. Exactly. And that's uh, and that's exactly how it happened. You know, like I called the project Sleepwalking. Because I really felt like that's what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a plan to actually name the song like that. When I finished the song and I was trying to figure out a name for it, I was like, man, sleepwalking sounds good. You know, it, it actually has a message behind it. So if it's something that you started at 4 a.m., I think it just it rolls perfect. It makes sense. It so does. I decided to just keep that one. And uh, it's doing great so far. People are really loving it. I, I love when I get some reaction like that. And that's probably the, the song I'm the most proud of because... You know, when I when you finish a song and you get up from your chair and you close your eyes and you think you're listening, like mil like thousands of people in front of you are just like banging to it. I was like, yeah, that's that's definitely a good feeling. That's got to be the probably the number one best reward is when you spend that much time creating your own track mm -hmm. and then you actually get to play it in front of people and then just seeing their reaction of just them having a good time yeah. while you're performing. That's got to be kind of the best reward for that. It is. You know, it's it's definitely what this whole thing is about, really. That's that's what I do music for, music for people that can relate to it, people that want to have a good time and all that. So that's really what what I just want to do my whole life. And the most rewarding experience, as you said, it's definitely that part for sure. So what about you, Darius? You as a person, like, you know, are you married? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you have kids? What's going on in your life, in your personal life? Uh, I'm 20. So, so you're young. Uh, it's too early for me to get married. Currently just really focusing on music. Do you do anything else besides music right now? You know, I like to hang out and stuff like that. But if I would say a hobby, it would definitely just be music. You know, I go to the gym and stuff like that. Those are just routines. But the main actual thing that I like to do is music. Everything else is just hanging out or mm -hmm. just watching YouTube for four hours a day. Sure. Like that. You know, there's so much I can learn. So I just watch YouTube all the time. YouTube is just like a university today. You know, it is, man. I'm still surprised that it's free. Even though they now have the, I think, YouTube Red, where now you can pay a subscription and basically get no ads and listen while you even when you close your phone. But yeah. still, all the information and knowledge that's on YouTube is just, you can't put a value on that. I know I've, I use YouTube just about for anything. Even if I can't find the answer to something or mm -hmm. if I'm searching for the answer, before I even go to Google, I'll just say, okay, what YouTube videos are out for this? Oh, yeah. That's, that's where I learned producing from. You know, small videos, people just doing this and doing that and small tr uh, tips and tricks that I learned from that. And that's that shaped what I'm doing today, you know, like it's definitely the best place to learn something youtube that, that i believe that i really i really believe it like every time someone be like hey where do you learn how to produce what do you do uh, where do you go where do you go study i was like i went to study here but the most i've learned for electronic music is definitely on youtube yeah like it's such a powerful platform that i really tell everybody you have to use it at its full potential 
that one is a golden ticket. I've had a lot of people come through that have kind of talked about producing music and they all kind of give that same point where, you know, if you can't figure something out, mm -hmm. you've got to dedicate the hours each day to YouTube, watch several videos, maybe even several hundred videos. So you find yeah. that right person that you can pick up how they present because everybody's different. And once you find that channel, you find those videos and you dedicate those hours. It's amazing how much you learn just by having somebody else show you no i completely agree with that it, it would have took way way longer if i just decided to keep going with the trial and error technique you know some so many little stuff that i would have not learned that would have made everything easier faster more effective so just just use youtube at a full potential what platform do you produce on i use a fl studio you know everybody looks down on that be like oh it's not that cool whatever there's so much hate going on but i started on that and i just decided to stick with it you know it's a good platform and just makes it easy for me to make a song so I decided to stick with it. I've talked to other DJs that want to get on the producing side and they're just kind of lost. Mm -hmm. You know, they looked at F FL Studio. They've also looked at Ableton mm -hmm. and, you know, they know where to go for that. But as far as like the whole producing side, they get a little bit lost. What's the easiest way that maybe you could educate somebody to maybe kind of get the basics going on FL Studio, for example? Definitely be patient. Definitely. For the longest time, I was more into the DJing side than producing. So I know what people think when they say, oh, I wish I could produce and stuff like that. You know, when you DJ, sometimes, you know, you tend to rush. I, I made the same mistake, too. You tend to rush to finish a song so you can try and play the same night and then say, hey, I made the song. And, you know, it makes sense because you've been playing other people's music for the longest time. And then at some point you want to see what it feels like. In that case, I really recommend as much patience as possible. Like if you have a good song, you, you really can't make a perfect song before you've been producing for at least one year. At least, you know, like it just doesn't work like that because there's so much detail that you have to go into. If you have a good year, you might be able to go around it. But it usually it's way more sophisticated than just putting a loop and then putting this and then putting that and making everything sound perfect. Like even if you spend so many hours, because, you know, before you get good at something, you have to spend 10,000 hours. I'm, I'm sure you heard that, too. I believe that it takes a lot of patience, definitely no rushing and try to learn as much as possible and use the platforms around you. You know, they're all useful and it's stuff. If you're really into it the way you, you say you want to be, like you really want to play festivals and have music out like that. You will find the time, you will find the patience and you will definitely find the, I want the effort that you actually want to put in to get that going. So that's definitely what I recommend. And don't get intimidated by FL Studio, by the way the platforms look. They're supposed to, everything is supposed to look hard if you never saw it before. Right. So when you learn something, everything looks more familiar and easier. And that's definitely how you can, you know, keep going. So I was talking about that on a previous episode. Whenever I first started doing the podcast, I use Audacity to do all my editing. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first downloaded Audacity, I was just like, okay, I got the software. There's no tutorial. I don't know what buttons to click, what does what. And I started freaking out. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be tough. And then like we were talking about YouTube before, that's kind of where I figured it all out. And it just takes time. Like you said, patience, because you're not going to learn everything in a day. You're not going to learn it overnight. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're not even going to learn it in a week. It takes time and you need to play around with it. And you got to dedicate those hours to actually working on it, seeing what these buttons do, watch a couple tutorials, and then just get yourself more comfortable with it. And the more and more you keep using it, then the better it will flow and the more that you'll learn and the more that you can do. I agree. If you can put numbers or hours to it for your song Sleepwalker or Sleepwalking, how long did you think that maybe took you to create? The project file for that one says, I think, 75 or 80 hours that I put into that one song. And that includes, you know, the process of mixing it and mastering and all that. So that takes the time as well. But just the creative process to go from zero to the final product, I would say at least 70 hours. Wow. And, uh, you know, it sounds about right. A lot of people can do music in one day or a couple hours. And I, I really respect that. Like, that's 
super super good and super creative i usually tend to like like to sleep on the song and then the next day i wake up and actually have fresh ears be like okay you know what this was cool but let's try this other thing it just goes like that for a while oh because i'm sure in the beginning when you start making a song you're probably listening to it over and over and over again as you add a new beat to it or you add a different drop or a mm-hmm. transition or something to it and then you start getting used to it and then if you don't sleep on it, then you're just so used to hearing it, you think it's fire. Then the next day you sleep on it, it's like, oh, well, you know what? I'm I'm gonna move, you know, maybe that beat somewhere else, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna synth this a little bit differently. Yeah. It just kind of gives you a different look at it. Definitely, definitely. And that's why I recommend really like if you're to a point where you're not that comfortable with trusting your ears after a couple hours, you know, I'm talking like big DJs right now, they've been producing forever. They are they're in a point that they know what something will sound something sounds good and something sounds bad just right away. So they don't have to sleep on it like that. I, I I usually still do it, and I recommend people to like chill out before you actually you know put a song out and be too proud of it because then you might wake up the next day and be like oh man I wish I did this. And there's nothing worse than actually you know waking up the next day and be like man I wish I did this. I wish I did this instead. I I, I went through that and it's not the cutest thing, especially because for the longest you start believing hey this song is the one. It's so cool. I wanna I can't wait to put it out. Trust me. Wait. Take the time. It. It's worth it. So it seems like you've been able to accomplish a lot at such a young age with you just being 20 right now. I mean, playing one city, playing Freaky Deaky, plus I've seen you at other shows here in Dallas. What do you have kind of lined up in the future? We have a a couple good bookings ready for this year. A lot of them cannot be announced yet. We'll keep the secret then. We'll keep the secret. I cannot say anything right now. To be announced online. TBA. Eventually. Yeah, one day. (laughs) But no, we have a really good set of uh, bookings ready. Uh, we're really working on getting one out of state because uh, that's my 2020 goal, really. The out of state gig and meet Millennium. That's two goals that I have. We're definitely working really hard on that part, but everything else is getting lined up pretty easily, you know, because people talk. You know, if you if you do a one show, people and rumor spreads. Rumor spreads quick. Exactly, and that's the best way to actually market something. You know, word of mouth. It's always been and always will be. A lot of the gigs are just coming out like that, and I cannot wait to announce them all. Do you do or do you plan to do it kind of any collabs with any other DJs in the area? Yes. Yes, actually. Um, you know, everybody has those projects that you don't touch anymore and you never know if someone would actually like that. So I'm not opposed at all. I actually have a couple of collabs going on right now. Definitely not opposed to do collabs at all unless it starts getting to a point where we argue about it and we just don't get along. Like at that point, why should we have an, a song that has our name in it if we don't even get along, if we just want to change each other's sound. I usually yeah, go for someone that has somehow a similar sound of what I'm doing. So at least it can make sense. You know, you don't and, go two different ways. And probably someone that's maybe open-minded that's going to understand both sides. Because I've heard other people talk about collapse like that, and they say the hardest part is trying to find somebody that actually wants to work together 50-50, mm-hmm. where you have others that, you know, they want to work together, but they want to call the shot. Definitely, definitely. It's been situations like that, you know, where someone, whatever, they wanted to do all the work or they wanted me to do all the work. It's just like when you do a collaboration, you have to split in the middle. Everybody has to put enough effort and just make sure both needs are met. You know, if someone just wants to collaborate with someone because they have the bigger name or whatever, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's understandable. But usually a collaboration, if you're two small artists that you want to collaborate together, it's really good that you can somehow distinguish who did what and in, in that part of the song. Right. You know? So that's that's a good feeling about collaboration. And, you know, when you hear a song that, you know, one artist really good and you hear that part, you're like, oh, yeah, that's his part. You can tell that he made that part. And the other artist yep. you, you can tell when that flavor kind of hits in that what kind of music that person plays. And it exactly. almost kind of dictates where part of that creation came from. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's cool. 
What about, uh, I got this question for you, because, you know, I, I always hear, you know, once you produce a song, then you have to essentially kind of master it. What is that process with once you make a song, then you have to go ahead and get it fully? What's that like? You know, when you make a song, there's a process where it's called mixing, where you make sure everything is balanced and everything sounds, you know, nothing sounds out of place. Nothing sounds too loud. Nothing sounds too soft. So that's the mixing part. The mastering part is making sure you can make it as loud as you can before it starts distorting. I mean, nowadays, distorting is becoming an artistic choice as well. So if you hear some dubstep song that have some distortion going on, that's understandable too. You know, a lot of people decide to promote that. But mastering is usually the part where you make the song the loudest. And usually I tend not to master my own songs because I have a really biased ear. If you can call it like that, you know, I made the whole song myself. I listened to it 600 times. Then I mixed it, whatever. At least the mastering part let someone else that has a more ear so they can actually listen to it from a different perspective and be like, okay, this needs more bass, this needs more this and that, and just take the small waveform and just make it as big as you can. Right before it gets to that distortion, almost kind of like normalizing a track, because I know just even on some of the recordings, I'll see some points that are a lot lower, and then when I listen it through, it's almost like there's parts of the song where the, where the sound is a lot more elevated than it drops back down. So I guess mastering is making sure it's all s somewhat equalized. Yeah, yeah, mastering is more like uh, somehow preserve the dynamics, but make sure that nothing is too loud and nothing just get, like you don't want the drop to be too loud and the breakdown to be too quiet. You want to somehow have some Makes sort sense. of correlation and uh, stuff like that. So that's usually what mastering is, what I like having someone else do it. Yeah. Like Sleepwalking got mastered by someone else, by, by Toto, actually. He did an awesome job. Well, that's also got to be kind of an art form, too. You want to make sure oh, you yeah. get it just right. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, you could probably make a lot of mistakes if you're trying to master oh, yeah. your own. Oh, yeah. And then you make one mistake, and then you almost have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, I've, I've made mastering mistakes. You know, you can ruin a whole song if you master it really bad. You know, you can have a sound that starts being hidden when you know in the mix it sounded really bright and really good. But you just mess up the frequencies and the wrong parameters and you know, wrong stuff that just can mess up your whole vibe. Yeah. That's all. No one wants to have a messed up vibe. No. Vibe check. So Darius, I mean, I really appreciate you coming out today. If people wanted to find you online, where can they find you? You can find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, actually, believe it or not. I've seen some of your TikTok videos, man. man. They're, they're pretty, <laughs> pretty hilarious, too. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, catch the wave. I'm all across social media. I like to uh, be active as much as I can. Just look up Mashbit Music or uh, usually just, yeah, if you look up Mashbit, you automatically find it. You know, M-A-S-H-B-I-T, the pizza boy. You can find me in any social media, including uh, Spotify, but, you know, uh, SoundCloud, any listening platform as well. You can probably Google me and find something. I'm sure if you're on all those channels and a simple Google search will pull up everything that we need to find. That'll be exciting. Right? I know. That feels awesome. But you guys heard it. Darius Mash, Mash Bit, Pizza Boy, in the house. Just dropped a whole lot of good knowledge on you. Check him out if you don't know who he is. Even if you already do, give him some more plays. Check out what he's got going on. He's got some merch coming out soon. And you know what? Check out his SoundCloud. Give him a few plays. And go check out that new Sleepwalker song. Don't put pineapples on your pizza. If you do, I don't like you already. Peace.